Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. Hello, this is the Faith in Kids podcast. We are all about the whole family listening in, whether you're 5, 65, 35 or 105. We hope we can help you to answer the question, who am I? We have loved doing this series. We have come from the very first page of the Bible and we whizzed along to last week with I am loved and forgiven. Jam, how are you? I'm really well, thank you. I've got a rip-around question. Let's just crack on. When did you last need encouraging to keep going? When was that? What were you doing? And who encouraged you? Jam, I know it's a weird thing to say out loud, but I'm trying to write a book and it's going really badly. And the lovely man, Carl, at the publishing company sent me an email to say, Ed, this is not going as badly as you think. (laughs) That's great. And this email changed my whole week. Oh, that's really good. Our way of encouraging people is that whenever, as a family, we drive past somebody cycling up a hill, we always shout, keep going! We, we, don't, we tend not to wind the windows down because we think they might find it frightening, but we always like to encourage cyclists cycling uphill. Anyway... Do you ever look out of your back window, Jam, and just see them sort of veer into the head? I dread to think what, what debris we are leaving behind us, but we try not to distract them, but we like to encourage. When did you last need encouraging to keep going? When was that? What were you doing? And who encouraged you? that was an encouraging conversation ed why are we talking about this the reason we're looking at this jam is that we need to remember we are not alone we have the spirit at work 
who is changing us, God's people, to be more like him. We need to know it's happening. It is not the slow grind. We are not always going to repeat the same mistakes. We are not doomed to failure. In fact, in the Bible, we read the promise that God, who has started a good work in us, will complete it. I've got some fun facts for you. Oh, jam! Fun factors. I'm going to, in the keeping with the we are not alone, here are animals that help each other, okay, in a rather surprising way. We're going to start out with oxpeckers and zebras. Oxpeckers? An oxpecker is a bird, regularly spends time clinging to large grazing mammals such as zebras, wildebeest and rhinos. It picks parasites off the mammal's body. Please tell us, Jam, what is a parasite? A parasite is a little tick or blood-sucking fly. So that way the bird gets a meal and the animal gets you know, blood-sucking things taken off them. And they also get an early warning system because this bird has eyes literally facing in the other direction and it can see if, a, if you know, if a tiger's coming and, you know, once, once this bird starts flapping away or jumping up and down, it knows it's time to get out of the way. It's like having eyes in the back of your head. Ed, would you like a bird to delouse your children? <laughs> I can't. I don't feel at liberty to say they need delousing. Okay, I think one of mine does. Uh, when we went on holiday recently, uh, she was checked for ticks oh. afterwards. Uh, so, yeah. But we're going to move on to woolly bats and pitcher plants. We're going to go to Borneo to find pitcher plants. They're the best kind of plants. They're the kind of plants that eat animals. Carnivorous plants... There's a slippery substance at the rim that causes the animals to fall into the digestive juices contained in the plant's equivalent of a stomach into this, into this liquid they've got there. But woolly bats voluntarily climb inside pitcher plants so that they can rest. It's very cosy and snuggly in there. But also they sometimes do their droppings and business and that way the plant also gets fertilised. So that way they're kind of helping each other. Now the question is, Ed, would you climb inside a carnivorous plant knowingly? I think it's the digestive juices inside it that really scare me. You've always got to look out for the digestive juices. (laughs) Now the other question is, Ed, would you climb inside a crocodile? No, no. If you have seen a crocodile in a zoo, it is an absolute monster. They are terrifying. They are terrifying. And if you've got any friends who live in Florida, and I've got one or two friends in Florida, these things do just sort of wander around the place. There's a bird that voluntarily climbs inside crocodiles. It's called the Egyptian plover, a.k.a. the crocodile bird. The Nile crocodile is hyper-aggressive whenever an uninvited visitor steps into their territory. But this crocodile allows the plover not into just its open arms, but into its mouth. And the bird feeds on the decomposing meat stuck between the teeth. So the bird gets a scrumptious meal and the crocodile gets free dental work. So in a way, they're basically a toothpick with wings. The plover is the crocodile's own dentist. Yeah, toothpick. (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine that? A bird picking your teeth clean. That would be good, wouldn't it? Where there is dead meat hanging around. And so when you next go to the dentist and they say, do you floss? You could say, no, I, I have a bird that does it for me. I have a plover. I have a plover. I mean, which is when crocodiles do go to the dentist, no doubt that is exactly what they say. Jam, those creatures are quite literally not alone. That is correct. That is because while we might feel alone in our fight to become more like Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit with us. We are never alone. He is changing us, loving us, and will complete this good work. 
with all of God's people. Jam, can we have today's reading? Yes, we can. We're in Acts chapter 9. In Jerusalem, Saul was still trying to frighten the followers of the Lord by saying he would kill them. So he went to the high priest and asked him to write letters to the synagogues in the city of Damascus. Saul wanted the high priest to give him the authority to find people in Damascus who were followers of Christ's way. If he found any there, men or women, he would arrest them and bring them back to Jerusalem. So Saul went to Damascus. As he came near the city, a bright light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Saul fell to the ground. He heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you doing things against me? Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus. I am the one you are trying to hurt. Get up now and go into the city. Someone there will tell you what you must do. The men travelling with Saul stood there, but they said nothing. They heard the voice, but they saw no one. Saul got up from the ground. He opened his eyes, but he could not see. So the men with Saul took his hand and led him into Damascus. For three days Saul could not see, and he did not eat or drink. There was a follower of Jesus in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to Ananias in a vision. Ananias. Here I am, Lord. Get up and go to the street called Straight Street. Find the house of Judas. Ask for a man named Saul from the city of Tarsus. He is there now, praying. Saul has seen a vision. In it, a man named Ananias comes to him and lays his hands on him. Then he sees again. Lord, many people have told me about this man and the terrible things he did to your people in Jerusalem. Now he has come here to Damascus. The leading priests have given him the power to arrest everyone who worships you. Go. I have chosen Saul for an important work. He must tell about me to non-Jews, to kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him. How much he must suffer for my name. So Ananias went to the house of Judas. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus sent me. He is the one you saw on the road on your way here. He sent me so that you can see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something that looked like fish scales fell from Saul's eyes. He was able to see again. Then Saul got up and was baptised. After eating some food, his strength returned. Ugh, I've done it again. I feel like I say that to myself too often. Do you? It normally comes to me just a moment after I've done the wrong thing again. In just the same way I did it wrong last time. Ugh, I've done it again. Perhaps in your family you get sent to the bottom step or to another room when you snatch again. Or lie again. Or kick or swear or shout again. Or what is it for you again? In my family, my children are sent to their bedrooms. And then we talk it through again. And we pray. 
because we need God's help, because we want to change. So it's not always again. I remember one of my children in tears once saying, but I can't do the right thing. They felt like they couldn't change. It was too hard. It felt impossible to stop or that was how it felt to them. The truth is we can't change if it's all on us. We can't be whoever we want to be. We can't fix every problem in our lives on our own. We can't just stop on our own. But we are not on our own. The story of Saul proves that change with God is not just possible, but certain. When Jesus is the one in charge of our lives. Saul was the worst of men. He came for Christians to lock them up. And Saul thought he was doing the right thing. But then Jesus came for him. To let him out of his life of doing the wrong thing. And God used Ananias because God often puts other Christians there in the middle of the mess, helping us to be the people God is making us to be. But more than other Christians, God himself does the work to change us by his spirit. Listen to the promise Jesus made while he was on earth. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. He will give you this helper to be with you forever. The helper will be the spirit of truth. As God's helper, we are not alone. Every Christian in every church has the Spirit as their helper to be Jesus with them. There is no such thing as a Christian without the Spirit. If you're a Christian, if you're trusting Jesus, you have the Spirit with you. The same Spirit Jesus promised, the same Spirit who God the Father sent, the same Spirit who changed Saul, the same Spirit who is God himself. The same Spirit who is working in your church, who's changing every Christian to be more like Jesus. Have you seen change? I've seen three-year-old Paige put her hands together to pray. I've seen six-year-old Matthew learn to welcome other children into his church. I've seen 10-year-old Becky have the courage to go to school, knowing God is with her when she has no friends. I've seen 12-year-old Naomi trust God with her pain that never seems to go away. I've seen 14-year-old Sam stand up in front of his year group at school to explain why he is a Christian. I've seen 16-year-old Kyle grow in self-control so he loves being gentle instead of angry. And I've seen 19-year-old Johnny become a Christian in the back of his friend's car. I've seen the Spirit change friends in my church. We're not alone. We are being changed by the Spirit together. It's slow and sometimes we can't even believe it's happening. But it is. We're not alone. We are being changed together. And we do this podcast together, so for a change, I'm going to pray. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that your Spirit is changing us to be more like your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to trust you to do that work in us, so that together we can be more like your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And we ask these things in his name. Amen. And now, As usual, Ed's got questions. Under fives, who was the man in the story 
who God changed. Fives to sevens, who did God send to be our helper with us? Eights to elevens, who has the Spirit as their helper? Over elevens, have you seen someone changed by the Spirit? Have a chat about that now or later. If you're going to have a chat now, press pause because we're going to carry on and hear a sketch where we're thinking back to that reading we had from Acts with Ananias and that amazing dream he had. And through this story, we're going to see also how we are not alone because God has given us each other to help with the Christian life. Have a listen to this. Is this Straight Street? Oh, yes, it is. Is this the house of Judas? Maybe. Um, oh, I should just knock and ask. I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm doing this. Please don't answer. Please don't answer. Ah! Can I help you? Or do you regularly knock on people's doors and then yelp in their face when someone answers? Sorry, are you Judas? Yes. Not the Judas, as in... No, not as in Judas Iscariot. All the other Judas, one of the twelve. Just Judas. Is this another one of those Judas surveys? No, no. I'm Ananias. I'm... A member of the church. And I had a vision from God about coming here to see a man called Saul of Tarsus. And when I got the vision, I was like, I want a different vision. Saul of Tarsus is a Christian killer. I don't want to go near him, let alone lay my hands on him. He'd probably bite me, or worse. Your vision was right, but he doesn't bite. (laughs) At least he hasn't yet. He can't see, so that helps. Well, that's just it. The vision said pray for him and then he'll be able to see again. Oh, you've been given a vision to give him back his vision. (laughs) Well, well, I'm not sure how I feel about that version of your vision. Well, it's the only vision I've had to give him back his vision. And Saul had his own vision on the road to Damascus, which led to him losing his vision. (laughs) Why couldn't I have a vision? Believe me, you don't want a vision. They're scary and rare, and when they happen, people tend to write them down, and they end up in books. Oh, wow. I'd love to be in a book. No, you wouldn't. I'll probably sound like a real coward, scared of this Saul bloke. Why does God choose the most surprising people? And then God uses them for the most amazing stuff. (laughs) Why are we still surprised? God's been doing that throughout history, hasn't he? I take people like Moses and David and change them to be more like Jesus. Same old, same old. Oh, it's great talking to you, as another Christian. It really helps. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Oh, we couldn't do this alone. But together, it feels possible. I'm not as scared as I was. Me neither. How bad can it be? Death? So can I come in and meet this Saul geezer? Suppose you better. Go on him. He's the one who can't see. With the very big sword. Let's do this. Together. We're going to have a song from Dom Rocks, who reminds us that we are not alone and have nothing to fear because God is with us. There is no mountain high enough to keep us from God's love. No ocean ever deep enough to flood it. If we live or if we die, there's nothing can deny the 
never failing love of God in Christ. And if our God is with us in every defeat, nobody can stop us who would even dare. There's not a thing can part us from our Father's care. Never failing, all sailing love of God in Christ. strong enough on earth or heaven above to overcome the love of God and Jesus north to south and east to west there's nothing can resist the all-assailing love of God in Christ and if our God is with us in heaven to fear nobody can stop us who would even dare there's not a thing can part us from our Father's Never failing, all assailing, death evading, all pervading love of God in Christ. Dumb Rocks there, links in the show notes to a brilliant album. My kids absolutely love it. And now Tilly plays some of them on the drums. Just wanted to update you, the Campbells have been back in touch. They're the ones from Penryn Day Drive, uh, which apparently I got closest. They have some quadruplet names for boys and girl armadillo quadruplets. Fred, Ted, Ned and Ed, and for the girls, Nora, Dora, Flora and Laura. That is very strong work, Campbells. Thank you very much. Send us an email, podcast at faithinkids.org. I think we're done, Ed. There's one episode left. Please will you join us. It might even be that you go back to school before this episode drops, but there's never a bad time to be looking at who am I. When you're at school, you definitely aren't alone. Although, actually, sometimes you really can feel alone at school, can't you? There's like six, eight, nine hundred people charging around the place, and there you are on your own, feeling alone. But you are not alone. You are not alone. You and God's people are being changed by the Spirit, and he'll carry on doing his good work. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next time. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Under fives. Who was the man in the story who God changed? Fives to sevens. Who did God send to be our helper with us? Eights to elevens. Who has the spirit as their helper? Over elevens. Have you seen someone changed by the spirit? We are looking today, what's the link? So they're not alone. They're not alone, sorry. <laughs> How could you possibly ask what the link Exactly. Is?